Scar looks like he just came from a fun gym session. He looks yeah. like he's just he's coming off of like lifting. <laughs> uh, it's always arm day, am I right? Bo? Oh my god, wait, wait. <laughs> Talking about arms, there's a shot where you can see like Roy is wearing this uh sleeveless shirt and you can see his arms and I was like, damn, like he could do some war crimes on my ass if I <laughs> 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 That's uh, very yeah. funny. That's very funny. Same. Bravo! It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts! Welcome to our show, where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And here with us today, we have two brand new guests. They are the hosts of Chats, a television podcast. Please welcome to the show, Magellan and Alan. Yay! Yay! Yes, they're so good. Oh, wow. I love them. <laughs> here they are. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> thanks for thanks for having us on. This is really exciting. Has anyone ever paired you guys as Magellan? Oh yeah. wow, our ship name? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you think that after so much time as friends, we would have devised our own ship name, but I don't think we've ever had this conversation. Why not Magellan? Ooh, Matt. that's mm. cool too. As that's as cool. my name or as the ship name? The ship the name. Ship name. Yeah. Mm. Um, our podcast ship name is Mashiker. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. I refuse to, to let it be that. There's something better. To, I had to Why take not? antibiotics for my case of Mashiker. We're going to start off by doing the thing we always do whenever we have a brand new guest, which is by asking them, how did you two start watching Full Metal Alchemist? I had known about this series for a while. I've only like been into anime seriously, besides Toonami stuff, for the last probably like six or seven years. Um, and at some point, I was like, I should watch Full Metal Alchemist. I didn't have the time or patience to watch the O3 series, so I've only watched... I've watched all of Brotherhood. Oh, I can't wait for Magellan's answer. <laughs> <laughs> I have known Arthur since we were in college together, and the number of times that he tried to get me to watch Fullmetal Alchemist, and I was like, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I'll check it out. You know that thing that you do when you're like, yeah, totally. And it turns out the way to get me to watch a show is to start a podcast about it <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll watch the first couple episodes and then you invite me on to that podcast and then i'm like okay maybe now i should watch the show Brilliant. <laughs> so i'm watching it for the first time with with all of you where are you up to are you up to this episode i'm up to this episode i, I wanted to keep it as pure as possible and and alan will tell you that i am notorious for spoiling things for myself and I have only minimally spoiled some minor things about Full Metal Alchemist, which for me is huge. It's uh, it's a big deal. So you probably already know that Amestris and Xerxes were married. Well, uh, yeah, I know that from your podcast. Oh, yeah. and Google. It's almost like that's not a thing. And Mike, you should. I'm telling you, please, Mike, <laughs> this is not a bit. That is not a thing in the show, and they never talk about it. I am not gaslighting you. Mm -hmm. I am being serious. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a rare, rare moment of true information, it sounds like. I'm really excited because that means that that maybe we can like figure this out together, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I've I've got some I've got some irons in the fire right now. I've got some some <laughs> theories I want to share with you. Also, I'm now confident that father and Van we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll <laughs> same yeah, 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 same. Let's yes. talk about that. <laughs> but before that, it's time for us to do our improvised recap. This is the segment where one of us will do an improvised 21-second recap, and the person who will do it will be chosen by the roll of a dice. 
So because Mike went the past two episodes, we're going to let Mike have a break and we're going to put Miguel and and Ellen. We're going to put Arthur on six sides of the die and see what happens. Magically, it'll land on an edge and he won't have to do it. We're going to roll a four-sided die. If he lands on one, it'll be me. If he lands on two, it'll be Arthur. If he lands on three, it'll be Miguel. And if he lands on four, it'll be Alan. All right, let's roll the dice. I rolled one again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Arthur, can you calm me down, please? Three, two, one. So after the battle with Luz, Havoc realizes he may not be able to lose his easy leg, so he retires and asks Roy to keep on going. Roy decides to keep on going, but at the same time, Ed and now realize that they have a plan. If they they can use the recently re-arrived scar to roll, lure out the homunculi, and they, that works. But Gluttony attacks Lonfon and Link, who are hanging out for the ride, and we end on Gluttony attacking uh-huh. Lonfon. Did I skip anything? No. I feel like that's no, about no, it. That, right? sounded, that, that sounded right. It's kind yeah. of a firmly two-part episode. Like, it has the hospital stuff and then the uh, Scar stuff. That's pretty much it. The way that I was thinking about this episode is that it really feels like the sort of eye of the storm. Like, you kind of are feeling the complete chaos and destruction of the last few episodes kind of get blown away. And then as the next phase of the storm gets blown into you, that's when the episode ends. So it's this sort of weird, like kind of lull before what I'm assuming is the hurricane to come in the next couple episodes. Oh, wow. Um, I was really interested in the way that the first half was talking about, like, you could argue maybe it's a disability conversation and like what use is a soldier who doesn't have their physical form anymore, Mm -hmm. especially in a series that's dealing with like magic and the ability to create life and stuff like that. Like what happens when you just don't have access to your limbs and what does that do to a soldier whose whole like life mission is to fight? He's just going to answer phones at a grocery store now, you know, it's very sad. And I think one of the things that brotherhood kind of does well is it just gets directly to the tragic stuff. It's like, no, we don't have time for the like getting to know that guy super well. It's just time for you to like question how, how sad his life is going to be. And it's even more crushing because like, prior to that point havoc is just the sort of like horny best friend guy who's like loving life and smoking cigarettes and seems totally indestructible and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden all of that is completely drained out of him in this really uh tragic way do you guys think that's it for him do you or you know i mean what do you think mike yeah, no mike. no no yeah I mean, mike I... I think <laughs> i think that there someone will combine his lower half with some animal like a, an ostrich or something that that will allow him to be an excellent military officer again. I was kind of annoyed that they like had to jump through the hoops of saying, "Okay, so I know that there are prosthetic robot legs that exist in this world, well, but he can't have them." Just so we're yeah. clear, <laughs> yeah, his nerve endings are done. In all seriousness, I don't think he's going to leave the military. I don't think he's going to go yeah. work at a grocery store. No, I, I think he's think going so to be an integral part of Colonel. Mustard's plans going forward. <laughs> they just need to show us the stakes. Especially because there's a problem where you don't want to harm your main character, but you can harm the people next to the main character. Right. Yeah. The point of Havoc in this episode is partly to show you that the stakes of like just how dangerous this all is and like Mustang sort of drive to the top and, and that. And I think the other thing is the episode's telling you like there's more than one way to die. Because, like, you could literally get burned a bajillion times and you're dead. Or you can get, like, shot like Hughes. Or 
you can have that moment where Havoc like lets the cigarette ash fall from his mouth and it almost like just catches him on fire without him even <laughs> noticing it. And that's like another cost or another way that all of this could undo you that doesn't look like the way that you might expect it to happen to other characters in this sort of like action-y show, but it's definitely like a real possibility. The fragility of things, you know, was really... Right. I think that was my favorite shot of the whole episode, honestly, was yeah. the moment where the guy catches the ash that's falling out of his mouth. I was like, oof. I didn't care about Havoc before. I mean, I identified with his... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. His love of his, boobs. His blue love of boobs. <laughs> Say it. Sure. But, um, you know, in that moment, I was like, okay, I, f- I feel bad for this guy. That's that's awful. Same. Who I don't feel bad for, though, sorry, is Mustang. And I really, I'm going to fight this episode trying to make me, like, think that he's a cool guy. The <laughs> insistence that they have on, like, him not giving up on his friends and... The thing with the phones, right? The thing with the phones is cute, but like when she's like, he doesn't give up on people. It's so great. It's like he is trying to become the Fuhrer of this like fascist state. He's not fighting for good and justice. He Mm -hmm. doesn't have this like pure motivation. He just needs to keep his inner circle of people so that he can reliably get to the top. So I don't know. But the episode was like, here's the swelling music. And look, he's like researching spines. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful <laughs> guy. He's like Caesar who, you know, knew his own, his men's name. So he, they were loyal. But it was still an emperor. But still corrupting the Republic. <laughs> we're meant to feel a little conflicted about his motivation still. Even if now he's a better guy who cares about paralyzed soldiers. I don't think he's a better guy. He cares about his paralyzed friend. Not paralyzed soldiers. You know, but that's that's a cool thing, though. Like, that's the nuance. It makes me really happy that you first-time watchers are, like, finding criticisms in the, the military here because one of my biggest problems, like, engaging with the Fullmetal Alchemist fandom is the, like, glorification of all of these, like, fascists because, you know, Ed and Al are, like, <laughs> this is their mm-hmm. growing up story, right? This is them, like, learning that mm-hmm. the world around them is corrupt and broken. But at the same time, we're watching a story where, like, that guy bl- lit the lady on fire real, real good and isn't that sick as hell? And it's so there's, like, that tonal dissonance as an anime where you're like, I think these guys are cool and their outfits are cool, but they did do it at least one, if not several, genocides in their <laughs> lifetimes, and we need to start. We need to be able to co- not like compartmentalize that. That is the same people. Like this right. series also involved, you know, not to to say anything about it more, but Mustang has to come to terms with that at some point. Has to like address that if he ever hopes to be whatever the next Fuhrer is or whatever they want to call it. Is he has to be like, yeah, we did this, and and like how we have to move forward and like help the Ishvalans in some way, because that's not something you can just like hand wave away realistically. You and Magellan both said it well earlier before we were recording. Sadly, it's like Mustang is basically Ross Geller, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of looks like him. Kind of looks like him. You know? <laughs> and Ross Geller cheated. I know that they were on a break, but he cheated. <laughs> He cheated. Oh my god. He cheated on Rachel. And we all just want to ignore Keep going. that. <laughs> we just want to ignore that. Yeah, I, I the hate real- the toxicity of the friends fandom who it's, lo- yeah. loves it when Ross Geller burns uh people to death with his cool fire, but don't just, acknowledge <laughs> that a break we is not a war. But it was so we awesome. 
I was just following orders. It was a war. It was a war. Oh I'm just closing my eyes, picturing David Schwimmer in the like these outfits. Oh, state alchemist David Schwimmer. Basically, the point is, is that just like Ross, he's complicated. Yeah, and, 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 no, 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 no. But you're absolutely right. What they're doing sucks. There are monsters, and people are listening to monsters, but they're also just like. You know, it's just a, it's an uncomfortable truth that a horrible psychopathic mur- mass murderer is also kind of loyal to their friends, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so what I liked about this episode was we're finally getting some active plans against yeah. the antagonists for the first time by our main characters instead of like, oh, no, I think this episode also felt a little transitional it kind of felt like a flash yeah. in the pan like magellan was texting mm-hmm. me about how he really wanted to keep watching because it felt like yeah it's Same. just mm-hmm. setting up dominoes at this point yes wait where's may where's the little scars little friend with the panda the tiny panda i want to see more yeah, of that tiny panda i want, I want more. more of her yeah that's what we want she's busy <laughs> <laughs> all right that's <laughs> Mike and Magellan want... Dear Full Metal Alchemist. Dear Full Metal Alchemist. It has come to my attention that the panda... Yes, the panda... has not shown up for several... Episodes. Every time I look at like the character list on this show, I always forget that she's in the show because I want to see more of her. You're right though. Like her character, her whole storyline is like in parallel to everyone else, but she's not doing much. They don't know like how to deal with kids, I guess. Mm -hmm. And tiny pandas. Can we talk about when Ed turns into a Tim Burton snake? Oh yeah, that that is the. He's talking to Mustang. That's so good. That's great. I hated it. It looked so scary. <laughs> it's okay the Beetlejuice snake all over again. He's real like, and he's my friend. I, it was like the Beetlejuice. I was like, fix this character's mouth immediately. Nobody say it another time. Yeah. Well, yeah. This episode well. really we're kind of playing fast and loose with the animation. I think it has kind of the craziest chibi moment of the whole show so far. Oh my god! I know this is my is, favorite yes. chibi moment of the series. I just watched when this. Soul comes out of the body. Yeah, where Al's like stuffing Ed's soul back in the body. I got your body. soul, brother. Says, I got your soul, brother. <laughs> it's and the soul has a face. It's yeah. so good. It's right after Wendy <laughs> murders him with yeah. a wrench. With yeah, bloody in the wrench. foreground, you see the bloody wrench. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Such an intense foreground versus what's in the background. <laughs> this I did not predict. <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity to say the Beetlejuice musical has a really good snake. No! Oh, no. Oh, he's okay, here. What's going on, guys? It's me, Beetlejuice. <laughs> what's up, gamers? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, gamers? Beetlejuice here. Beetlejuice is going to tell me in a 50-minute YouTube video why like girls are ruining gaming. <laughs> This reminded me that there's one thing we need to talk about, which is, Mike, you said at the beginning of the episode that this confirmed to you that Honenheim is father. I know it I know it took me oh, a long yeah. time, but Michelle really got in my head when he said, is Charlie Chapman Hitler, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, what a great swerve. But, I mean, this episode pretty much... A hundred percent confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> that's is that is that is that y- your belief? Yes. So does that mean that you two are about to make a prediction? So I I've got I've We're got ready. some complicated predictions here, but which yes. means that now it's time for Mikey and Magellan at the back. Yeah, slightly different <laughs> intro song to introduce Magellan as well. <laughs> 
this is a moment of the podcast where Mike and in this case Magellan too are gonna guess what happens in the next episode based only on the thumbnail and the title of the next episode. Although Magellan, you seem to have more theories about what happens next. Please share yeah, them. Yeah, so I have read on Netflix the summary for the next episode, so I cannot hit that particular baseball. But I do have some like overarching theories. It's sort of like I don't know if any of you when you would read Harry Potter when you were younger, if you would buy the books that came out between the Harry Potter books where people were trying to like spend a whole book theorizing what's yes, going to happen. I, I, oh, I, yeah. have some oh yeah. I have some of those. I owned a few of those. So this is my version of that. Yeah. Let's do the, the next episode first. All right, Mike, the name of the next episode is backs in the distance. Please describe to us the thumbnail. It looks like Ed being like, what? And Al being like, Ur! and uh, Scar being like, Oh, Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you think is going to happen in the episode Backs in the Distance? Uh, right. So I've always felt that, you know, obviously Ed and Al and, and Scar are all really on the same team. Like part of their whole struggle is they're going to find out Scar is a victim of collateral damage from the real enemy here. And Ed, in a way, is someone who's benefited collaterally from this situation by becoming a state alchemist and all that. But they both will discover that they have the same enemy at some point. I don't think that's going to happen this next episode. But right now, what I think is going to happen is some kind of exploration of the past that's going to shake Ed and Al's identity of what is going on. There will be a battle, obviously, a quick sort of battle, and then really more about information that's going to change the way Ed and Al's calculus is with regard to their current situation in Amestris. That's my theory. You, can you tell us what you think is going to happen with Lanfon? I, for some reason, don't think she's going to I die. I think she's good. I don't think they'd kill her on a cliffhanger like that. That seems you know, cheap. The, also, the, show, the <laughs> like... show has never killed someone with a face before without making what me about you? care about him. Okay. And they haven't really done that with this character beyond the whole like you're a girl like cause she hasn't really <laughs> she hasn't really huh? been allowed to be cool yet like I'm not sad enough for her to die so I think she'll probably be okay with that prediction made Magellan please give us your overarching predictions okay this all sort of hinges on the fact that and maybe I missed this and this whole thing is gonna crumble but and I don't know if you've talked about this at all yet in the episodes I haven't heard yet but. It seems that uh, we're missing a homunculus out of the seven deadly sins. We're missing pride. And so I was trying to think about, like, is that a thing or is that just a thing? And uh, I kind of came to a couple possible conclusions. It could just be that a new character shows up and it's like, hey, I'm pride, which would suck. It'd be very anime, but it would suck. It could be that pride is someone that we already know. And so then I was thinking, like, okay... It could be someone who, like, feels like they're connected to stuff. So Hohenheim, we seem to be pretty certain at this point that he's at least connected to Father because, like, the Fuhrer mentions Father and then it cuts to Hohenheim and you're like, whoa, okay. So maybe either he's Father or he's Pride and he looks like Father because, like, it makes sense that your Pride would look like you. I don't know. Other thing could be that pride is a character that we've seen who's been especially prideful so like what if ed is pride because we've seen a homunculus that ages so maybe there's a homunculus that is like 
ages and doesn't know it's a homunculus. And then you're like, oh, no, Ed is a freaking thing. And any of the other characters I could think of, it would just not make sense. Like Scar, it'd be too many things. Mustang, it's like, that's not interesting. And then the third way I was thinking about it was like, okay, but where would the pride tattoo go? And is there someone who's covering up a part of their body where the tattoo would go? <laughs> and then, so I was like, hmm, where, but the tattoo would probably go on your forehead or so. I don't know. But or your anyway. balls. Or your balls, in which case it'd be <laughs> impossible to know. We were all thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> were we? I mean, that's where, that's where my pride is. <laughs> After all that, I was like, okay, what if pride actually doesn't exist yet is what I'm thinking now. And somebody we know is going to be like used to fuel the pride philosopher's stone. And the sacrifice that they keep talking about is like, we need a particularly prideful soul to fuel and create pride. And what is the most prideful thing you can do? It's to try to commit this taboo and act as if you are a god and you can transmute life. And so like if you've seen the truth, you're like Adam and Eve eating from the tree of knowledge kind of thing, and you are now the essence of pride necessary to create pride and finish the seven and then it's the end game. That's my thing. And I could just be writing in my Harry Potter book that like Sirius Black is a horcrux or something and like this is nonsense. <laughs> or I had the same... <laughs> I'm not joking. I had the same theory when I was a kid. I was like, Sirius Black's a horcrux. <laughs> or this could there could be something in what I just said that's true. I don't know. But that that's where my head's at with with the stuff coming up. I want to respond to that. It was really interesting to me when they pointed out that Wrath is the youngest one, but he's aging and Mm. arguably does mm -hmm. not look like the others at all. And it made me think that it's kind of like uh, Battlestar Galactica, right? Like they're trying to create a more perfect right. Cylon version. They're right. trying to create a human. They're not trying to create a homunculus. That's boring for them, like, or whoever's mm. doing this. He's trying to create a human, like a fully created human being. You're blowing me away with the idea that because father is, you know, Van Hohenheim, right? And of course, the Alec brothers could be that. They could very well be the culmination of Father's Yeah, or he's like setting them up to be that or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. Like, what do you need to pay for that? What's the price of that? What is the price of creating a human soul? Like, your own son, maybe? I don't know. Right. Yeah, who knows? Everyone who's seen the show probably had the same reaction to that. Yeah. And we yes. can tell you what the reaction is. However, I will tell you this. Of all the statements you two said in the past few minutes, you two got one thing right. Yes. Like, Fuck. fundamentally, you basically uh, got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh, no. We were and on a break! <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like a serial killer who's like, I left you all the clues, officer. You sent them. <laughs> but... <it's... laughs> And now it's time for us to grade this episode, that is to give it a score between one and five stars. I'll go right ahead and say I'll give this one a 2.5 stars. We talked a lot about how this was a transitional episode, how I felt a lot of the connective tissue, and I felt a lot of its problems were owed to that. And again, I, I say 2.5, but we have to remember that we're grading this on a curve. Like, this is a great episode of television, but as it stands, in terms of episodes of Metal Alchemist, it's still a 2.5 for me. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a three. It was actually really funny, and I did appreciate the just fun they had with the animation and and cool stuff they did with that. 
they probably knew, oh, we don't have that much to do here. We just kind of need a connective episode, but they had as much fun as they possibly could. So three stars. I'm going to give it three stars because I thought, honestly, I wanted to give it two stars, but I actually did. I, I agree. Like, it was so funny. It was it was kind of an enjoyable episode, you know, and I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it three stars for that. Yeah, I think I'm echoing what a lot of us have said so far, but I'm going to say three as well. I think this is one where I watched it twice. And the second time that I watched, my gears were spinning really, really fast. But it was because of like things that had happened in other episodes that were kind of continuing through this one. So it's hard to grade this one on its own, but I think it's a three because it like does some meaningful character stuff with havoc and, um, and it's just fun. Like one of my favorite comedy moments that we didn't talk about was when Ed is laying out his plan to Al and Al is like, that plan is so stupid. For <laughs> and then, he's like why do you think we could do that and ed is like i just figured we'd be stronger and it kind of just made me think about like how this show is subverting shonen a little bit because yeah at at this point in a shonen they would have like a bunch of new powers and they would be stronger but (laughs) they're not and i don't know just like reminding where it was like a hundred percent how about a hundred and ten percent right exactly (laughs) And so I think that there's a lot to say for this episode about how it reminds you both about what's joyful about the show, but also about like the inherent frailty that all of these characters experience and how that doesn't just like magically go away because we've been on a journey for super long. Um, so I think a three because it's it's not like amazing, but it, it has some substance there. Well said. Yeah, I think three and a half is where my heart lies because i always have to remember that this is brotherhood and they chose to keep transitional episodes um they could have cut these and made it a little shorter if they really wanted to but the purpose of these is to give you a breather moment give you a little bit of comedy make you think about sort of the overall themes of bodies and like how we uh use our bodies to to like accomplish our goals and then to set up a conflict that's probably going to get very interesting. So, you know, it, it succeeds entirely as a transitional episode, but that's not a very memorable one. Um, but it, so, yeah, I think overall 3.5 is where my my vote lands. And if you want a break, don't forget to follow <laughs> us on Twitter at FM Analyst. That's FM Analyst on Twitter.com. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We love to read those. I'd like to thank our guests, Magellan Nettle, for coming. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. Please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you. Uh, hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed hearing us on here. Um, if you did, we have another podcast, uh, our show. It's called Chats, a television podcast. That's C-H-A-T-Z, a television podcast. Over there, we're watching mostly Western television, live action stuff, mostly. Um, but we've been doing it for a while, and we like to think that we uh, manage that good blend of comedy and criticism. We're watching the sitcom Better Off Ted right now, so we encourage you to check it out. We're going to be having some fun guests on soon. Um, and we also have a Patreon if you like our stuff and want to help us keep the lights on. Uh, we have that over at patreon.com slash chatspod. The show is on Twitter um, at chatspod. You can follow us bingo there it is and before you two go we have a very fun thing we do with our guests please give us your best full metal alchemist like the interstitials i've been preparing for this my entire life (laughs) full metal alchemist full metal alchemist that'll be all for now we'll see you all next time on full metal analyst until then stay frosty everyone Bye bye
Mashiker signing off. <laughs> I am so cutting Mashiker. No, please don't. <laughs> oh, it's so good.